It's also, this is also new to me. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Keep it big. So it's Tom, you're watching Keep It Basement with the swing? Oh, okay. All right. Right now? Running? Cool. All right. Hey, it's Alex Nicholas, man. I just opened up for Ryan Davis and the homie T Springs. Killed it, man. It's packed house. Super fun, man. You're, keeping, you're watching Keep It Basement with the swings. Good? Keep It Basement with the swings. Swings. You just gotta keep it basement with the Swings. Yeah, as his name, his last name's Swings. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You should use this. Keep it basement. Keep it basement with the Swings. Keep it basement here with the Swings. I'm with my main man, Ryan Davis, and he just killed the. Uh, this is Stress Factory. New Jersey, a lot of love here, a lot of fans. You were here for, we waited outside for like three hours. You had tons of fans. Uh, you were signing a bunch of stuff, doing t-shirts, taking pictures. Talk about it. Really, I'm just mad that it took me so long to uh, just now say that that's Stress Factory. I'm sorry, New Brunswick. I know where I'm at. It's late. You got <laughs> you to gotta, uh, you gotta forgive me. But nah, man, the show was great. The turnout was great. The love was just infectious, man. I can't wait to get back to New Jersey. And they bought a lot of t-shirts. Apparently, you guys love t-shirts here. So I think I'm going to open up a t-shirt store here, <laughs> here in New Jersey. I think that's the next business venture. Bro, I got a question. How are you a vegetarian and a traveling comedian? Oh, easily. Um, when I grew up, we couldn't afford meat. So I just travel with the same diet that we had in the projects. That's pretty much what that is. That's crazy. And how do you, uh, you do, I give you props. You do a great job utilizing YouTube, Instagram, and all the social media stuff. What came first, though? There's a lot of people, a lot of haters who think that you're just this uh, jerk-off comedian and didn't do stand-up in the beginning, but you did. Uh, talk about that. They think you're just an overnight sensation online. Everybody thinks that I just popped up out of nowhere, man. But I had been doing stand-up. I've been doing stand-up for years, and I've been making videos for years. It's only overnight whenever, you know, people see you out of, like, out of nowhere. But people who know me know this has been a, a six-year grind, like, six-year heavy grind. So, you know, and I'm happy that everybody, that people got hip to it. You know, at first, you know, you start out doing it. No one's good in the beginning. That's why the grind is what it is. You know, you got to keep at it until you get good at it, and then everybody sees you. But I'm glad no one saw the bad years. <laughs> Videos used to be horrible, right? terrible, and the stand-up wasn't that great either. But, you know, now everything is coming to fruition, man. That's, that's you know, uh, I guess luck is when, you know what I mean, opportunity meets preparation. So that's what it is. What's the uh, biggest show you ever did? I know you did Caroline's New York City. Uh, and who did you uh, work with, like some big names? And what's the best piece of advice you got from a big entertainer like that? Oh, man, listen, the funny part is the best in, like the best advice I've ever gotten wasn't even from one of the uh, big names. I mean, I, I've spoken to quite a few big name people who appreciate, you know, what I do and and uh, wish me luck and gave me props. But really, the best advice I've ever got is from uh, comics who's been doing it 20 years and didn't make it big. Because a lot of people who don't make it big are some of the funniest people you'll ever see. It's just either they got their break and it didn't work out or, 
something or they made a personal decision that kept them from, you know, making it. But the best advice I've ever gotten really is to block everything out and work as hard as you can and focus, have tunnel vision on what it is that you want to accomplish and how you're going to get there and plan everything out. If you do that, you are guaranteed to be successful. It doesn't matter what it is. You are guaranteed to be successful if you dedicate the time and really try to do it, man. I, I really believe that. How do you, good points, how do you balance the YouTube, the Instagram, with your videos online you're following and the stand-up and the touring, though? Um, luckily for me, man, um, before, like, I had stopped doing videos for a while and went directly into stand-up and stand-up only. Yeah. So I had a chance for, like, three years to build the stand-up without the videos. And then a lot of my videos are topical. Mm-hmm. So it's it's jokes that I would have done on those subjects yeah. on stage yeah. that I don't even have to take the stage. I can just burn them online. And then the stuff that's about me and my family and things that, you know, are real personal, I get to take that to the stage. So... You know, they don't interfere with each other because I don't take the personal stuff on the social media and I don't take the stuff from social media onto the stage. When you started out, I know uh, uh, being a part-time comedian, when you start out, you got to work some odd jobs or side jobs. What were some first jobs you had? Oh, God. When I first started doing stand-up, I was a assistant manager at a grocery store. And then I worked at a fiber optics company that I got fired from. And then I became a cashier at a Sam's Club. And then I became like a front end manager. And then I became a pharmacy tech. And then I quit. And then, and then that's what I did, comedy. That's, that was in a span of a, <laughs> two years. Like I did all, that, did all that in like two years. Yeah, man, and then I, uh, you know, I decided, and it wasn't even that I decided, you know, at the end of the day, you got to keep good people around you, and luckily for me, my best friend, who's also a comedian, and he opens for me, we work together, also, he he was the one who got me the job, and uh, he told me, he he sat me down one day, and he was like, look, man, do you want to be employee of the month, or do you want to be a comedian, and I was like, I want to be a comedian, and we both quit. (laughs) <laughs> we both quit. So would you say, is it passion over profit in anything it, you do? For me, it's passion over profit. Not necessarily for my manager and agent. But for me, it's always passion over profit. It's important. My legacy means a lot to me. Yeah. And I want, when it's all said and done, for my fans to feel like he never cheated us. Yeah. He, ne- it, he We got what we paid for. It, we got more than what we paid for. We got more than what we asked for. He he didn't half-ass any of his videos. He didn't half-ass any of his performances. He was really that. If that's the story at the end of the day about Ryan Davis, I am happy. I am happy. Like I'm a big Patrice O'Neill guy. Patrice O'Neill never saw the fame that other people saw. He was big here. But in my opinion, one of the top three to five comedians to ever grace this earth. That's my opinion. He's one of my all-time idols. And and he never saw the big time fame, but for me, never had to reach there. There's guys who sell out large venues and have have been more popular and more famous than Patrice, but honestly, couldn't doesn't even deserve to be on stage with him, in my opinion. This is crazy. I interviewed Andrew Schultz here. You know Andrew Schultz, yeah, uh, Brilliant Idiots and stuff, and uh, MTV. And his favorite comedian that got him to do it was Patrice O'Neill. 
It's crazy how, like... Yeah, man, I'm talking... Patrice is the ultimate comics comic. Yeah. The ultimate comics comic. I don't know if Alex liked Patrice. Nah. Yeah, yeah. His, his, yeah. Yo, I, is it true that his actual wife actually performs here? Yeah, Vine. it's crazy. I follow Vine. He's, he was huge here. What do I think? You know what I think. <laughs> Let's talk about some uh, some. Shout out to Von DeCarlo. <laughs> Let's talk about some fucked up news like uh, Tyga, Travis Scott, and Kylie Jenner and the baby. What do you think about that? That could be a future video you should do. It is a future video because I didn't know that that was a thing. So she possibly pregnant by two dudes. I mean, no, but Tyga was saying on on Instagram or wherever that it was his with the devil faces, but he was just trying to get some promotion because his music's been whack. But uh, yeah, his fucking music's been whack. You think his music is whack? Yeah. Oh my god. I don't like Tiger. No, that's ridiculous. If I listen, if Tiger gets a little bit better, he'll be whack. The fact that you think that it's whack now is a compliment. Tiger's one of the worst <laughs> rappers. Oh, and you notice that Tiger does. I, I've never met a Tiger is all right person. Either you think he's trash or you love that dude. And shout out to the people who love him and support him. And, and I'm not telling people not to support Tiger or whatever. Your grind is your grind. I want to see everybody win. But don't expect me to download the album. That's all I'm saying. And they were saying that Travis Scott decided to nut in Kylie because her business is worth a billion dollars. Would you do the same? Um, yeah, what the fuck? Like, uh, <laughs> I am passion over profit. Yeah. But if my woman is profit over passion, yeah. that is a beautiful thing. I I have no problem being with a rich woman. That that would make things so much easier for me as an artist if I didn't have to worry about money at all. But um, nah, man, Travis Scott. It's so funny because he got that. Uh, it's lit. He on that song with SZA, uh, oh, Love yeah, Galore, yeah, yeah. and one of the lyrics is "Let me come inside you." <laughs> Yo, he did that. Yo, that is so funny. That's going to be an awesome video when I make that. Talking hip-hop, who's your top five? Hip-hop, top five, all-time or right now? Uh, give me uh, all-time. All and, all, and whatever, and now too if you want. Okay, greatest rappers all-time. It's Jay-Z, Eminem. No three nah, stacks. No three stacks. You're a southern guy, right? Definitely three stacks. Come on, that's the greatest southern rapper of all time. But come on, but I'm trying to, trying to hit my areas. Just trying to get, you know, Jay Z and M, like as far as in content, radio songs, the songs, yeah, the songs like when he do like. What is it, like 5 a.m. in Toronto, 6 p.m. in New York? Like, those be... Dallas. Yeah, and Dallas, like, all of those are, like, incredible, and that's him. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? That's a rapping-ass dude. You know, and when it's all said and done, um, like, but right now, like, it's 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 Drake, Cole. Um, I'm not a big Kendrick guy. Really? I'm not a big Kendrick guy. I thought Big Sean's album, last album was good. Big Sean can rap his ass off. I'm trying to think, like, five guys now. I'm a, uh, It's Drake, Wale, Cole. Huh? Fabulous is fire on mixtapes. Fabulous is one of the great. So that's funny when we talk about five of all time. He popped in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Mixtape Wheezy. That's top five. That's top five. Drought three Wheezy. Dedication two Wheezy. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 top five. Um, but what about now though? Now, I got mad questions. I oh man, YFN Lucci. Yeah, yeah. 
Huh? Dave East has been up. Yeah, he's with Nas. Dave East. Dave East is good. What about Lil Dicky? What about him? <laughs> um, it's fun. It's playful. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can dig it. Uh, it's great to play around. Eminem played around a lot. Yeah. A lot. That's yeah. why some people don't consider him like top tier because he played around a lot. But when M got serious, like he was better than everybody. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like he was silly, and you're like, "Oh, that's stupid. Why would he? Why is he making songs like this and putting this together?" And then you get a cleaning out my closet, a stand, the way I am. You know what I mean? You get songs like that to, uh, when I'm gone, he, where he's just out rapping everybody, and you feel it. Yeah, Guilty was Conscience was like one of the most creative. Sing for the moment. This dude, you could just name so many songs of Eminem's. It's just not only is it lyrically superb, but there's a meaning to it and there's a feel to it. And and Jay-Z has a lot of songs with feel to it. That's why that's my guy. And he had the swag to pull it off. Nas. Nas, Illmatic and Stillmatic, two, one of my, two of my favorite albums ever made. Because Pac, to me, is bigger than hip-hop. He's bigger. What he means to me is way bigger than just a rapper. Aftermath held it down with a G Unit, Dre, Eminem, Love 50 Cent, 50. Lloyd Banks. Yeah. Had a good we run. Were listening to, uh, I was actually got 50 Cent Radio on my Pandora. Shout out to 50 Cent. Been listening to 50 Cent, and uh, I was listening to 50 Cent and Lloyd Banks on the way up here. I was going to talk about in a politically correct country, is there stuff that's off limits now for you that will hurt your brand or fan base or your popularity? I really don't care. If uh, you saw a little devolve with the transvestites, oh, transgender, you can't say transvestite, stuff like that. Nah, but exactly. people don't understand transvestite is a thing, but transvestite is something different. Transvestite is literally just dressing like a woman. There's a stand up comedian that's a transvestite, yeah, and that's the term that he uses transvestite. He's not transgender or anything, it's transvestite. But my thing is, nah, if, if you're a human. Uh, you're I'm, you're fair game for me. How how can you say that we're because the the goal is to be equal for everybody to be equal. So for us to be equal, you can't say I can talk about this group of people, but I can't talk about this group of people. No, I'm gonna talk about everything. I'm gonna tell you what's off limits for me. It's talking about someone's children. Yeah, I don't real. do stuff like that, and I don't do like when somebody's going through something like. Like, Mary J. Blige was going through divorce and her ex-husband was putting her through stuff. So I'll make a video about the person putting the other person through something. But if somebody's actually going through something, and I know my videos go viral, and I could possibly, you know. Wendy Williams now. Hurt. Like, I could really, if I could really hurt somebody, yeah. I feel like I can hurt somebody, I won't do that. Gotcha. But that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like one time they wanted me to make a, people wanted me to make a video about Cat Williams when that kid jumped on him. Oh, yeah, that was weird. When it seemed like Cat was spiraling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Cat seems like he's spiraling, why would I want to jump on yeah. and pile on to that situation or possibly? Do you think uh, Donald Trump uh, is good right now for comedy as a president? Because there's so much material. That, and does it get old, though? But this is the thing. I think it's too much material. Yeah, that's why I don't, uh, people ask me to do a video about Donald Trump, but that would be an everyday thing. And I don't want, it. nothing is good every day. I know that The Daily Show, it works for The Daily Show, it works for some other people, but trust me, trust me, you can get fatigued hearing the same thing every day, and I just don't want to be that person. 
I am, like I told you, the art is more important to me. I like to show my versatility. And if you're doing the same thing all the time, there's nothing versatile about that. And uh, it's easy to be pigeonholed. How, but say you're doing the news, what's popular, you're talking about the Kardashians or Donald Trump, et cetera. Uh, what do you do that you don't uh, conform, you know? You don't ruin your art. How do you be you? but talk about what's popular because you want to be trending, like uh, something on YouTube, like a trending yeah. video about Odell Beckham, stuff yeah. like that. How do you still be you at the end of the day? Because you got to have the thing that separates you from everybody else is the fact that you're you. So it has to be your perspective, and you got to look at how other people attack it. If everybody is looking at it this way, right, why not look at it from this perspective or have them come from, like, Sometimes I'll challenge myself and make a video from a perspective that's not, maybe not even mine, just to give people an idea or just to give people an original take. Like when I, it's one video I did that went viral. It was about the Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma beef. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was talking about how amazing Remy Ma's um, diss track was. Yeah. And I didn't feel any different. I thought it was amazing. But if that's what everybody's talking about, I'm not wanting to do what everybody else is doing. So instead, I made a video about how possibly Remy Ma didn't even write it, and her husband wrote it, and all of that. Yeah, Pepper was, yeah. So it was just a different take. Now, do I really think that Remy Ma didn't write it? Nah, man. And, and, and to be honest with you, with a lot of my videos that I make, outside, like as soon as I'm done with the video, I'm done with the subject. So I didn't really care if she wrote it a lot. I was glad that she gave us good music. I, we so starving for good music. I was just glad Remy made that happen for us, man. And I've been a Remy fan forever. I've actually bought a Remy album before. So when people think, yeah, so when people think, oh my God, he's just hating on Remy. Now I'm a fan. I actually support these people. Whenever I, uh, like uh, people see my Odell Beckham Jr. videos, what a lot of people don't know, I have an Odell Beckham Jr. jersey. I support people. But, you know, it's the thing. It, sometimes people can't separate art from reality or comedy from their feelings and that's not my problem yeah. so <laughs> and it's good to have different perspectives like for instance Absolutely. how about the nfl shit like i was thinking maybe donald trump is working with goodell to get ratings back so he's tweeting about the nfl or there's something else going on north korea he's not telling us so he's going to divert his oh, attention you know what i'm saying like examples like that as a as a person of comedy because, you think a different shit well what's going on in puerto rico is really a shame yeah. And the fact that nothing is being said about it is ridiculous. So I, anything, anything, like it's so hard with, with Trump because when something happens that's ridiculous, you don't know if it's a distraction or if that dude is just like that. But to be the president of a country and things are going on that are really, 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 really messed up and important, and you choose to talk about football and Steph Curry? Who cares if Steph Curry doesn't come to the White House if you're the president? I couldn't even imagine being the president of this country and an athlete says, I don't want to meet him. I'm like, my friend, I don't want to meet you either. That's the only thing. Yeah. It's like, you coming to my house. It's like, nah, bro, I'm the most powerful man in the free world and you don't want to come see me? I don't care. Why? Because you play basketball? That's That would be my mindset. But that's not his mindset. His mindset is I have to be bigger. I got to win every argument. I got to be, you know what I mean? It, it's a real narcissistic, yeah. Like, I think, 
something might be wrong with him mentally. Like, I seriously, I, I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned. Now, on a deeper but lighter note, does comedy save lives? Comedy does save lives. I've literally had people message me and tell me that watching my videos kept them from committing suicide, but kept them from relapsing on heroin. It like the stories that I get, man, and I'm telling you, nothing motivates me more than because when because then I feel like I found my purpose. When you can save a life with with the content that you create, man, I, you know, at that point, you know, it, it really I feel like. I've done something in this world. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've done something more than just, you legacy. know, be a cl Yeah, it's legacy, exactly. I I'm more than a class clown, you know what I mean? I was gonna say on a part two of that question, um, do you ever feel like you weren't shit at one point where you didn't have a creative bone in your body and you were like down in your art and then you thought about, wait, that person who wanted to commit suicide and I helped them save their life, I'm back in the game. Mm -mm. Uh, creative. My you know what I mean? You ever have like a downfall or you're like feeling like shit, you're not feeling into it and you're out of it? Nah, there's plenty of times as a comic you want to quit because being a comic is not an exciting life. Any, it's a lot of people think it is and it's like because once you start making it, they see like sold out shows and the money you make or whatever. But a comic's life is lonely lonely. I bring my best friend, my brother, and everything just to combat the loneliness that can happen. I was a road comic before I became a headliner and was selling out shows and could afford to bring anybody where it was just, I just had to do it dolo. And you're in these cities that that um, you've never been to, rundown hotels, you know what I mean? You're scared to sleep in the bed. A lot of love tonight. Yeah, oh God. See this right here? Yeah. This right here, This once you get here, it changes. But some people can't even, look, Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin Williams, like, multiple Oscar nominated, has won all kinds of... Didn't he win an Oscar? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Who, who, who passed away over here? I forgot. Yeah, it's crazy right there. He's doing the stress factory. Greg Giraldo, the greatest roaster Comedy Central has ever had. Anybody who says differently is a hater. Comedy is subjective, and everybody has their own style, and everybody likes their own things. I don't give a shit. Greg Giraldo was the funniest. Keys to success. Keys to success. One, be professional. Be on time. Treat people professionally. Make sure you do everything in your power not to sabotage yourself. Two, work as hard as you possibly can. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to end up being at the end and being like, Dag, I could have done my best. You know what I mean? And third and most importantly, stay humble. People say that all the time and you don't really understand what that means. Keep it basement. Keep it basement. Listen. With the Swings. With the Swings. <laughs> Listen, you gotta, you gotta remain humble. Your fans are the ones who put you in that position and it's your responsibility to make sure that they feel and understand that you are grateful for the position that they put you in. Word. That's how I feel. You get, you do those, you'll be just fine. Gotcha. And that, that's it. We're here at the Stress Factory, Kia Basement TV, with the man, Ryan Davis.